0: What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, what's up, good people? I want to welcome everyone to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And like always, I have my side chair, the co-host or the assistant, however you want to name it, <laughs> but I call him the mad scientist. So what's going on, Dave? Hey, guys, how are you? Good to be here again. Hey, that's it right there. Um, I wanted to talk this week a little bit about the match last week from Spartanburg. And then three topics that we never really talked about before. Okay. Good. All right. Um, so um, starting off with the match from last week in Spartanburg, I don't know. I felt like I was in it mentally, but when I actually started shooting, I wasn't pushing myself like I normally was. And I don't feel like I had anything on my mind, but, you know, overall I shot 63% coming in 29 out of seventy. I think it was. And there, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, th- there were a lot of shooters out there. I was really surprised for uh, you know, early February with the okay. weather not being super promising. A lot of a lot of people showed up.
0: Yeah. So it was like I said, it was a good match. And like I said, I just don't uh, honestly, I I really didn't assess it like I did any other match. But I think I was just more focused on the grip, getting the grip that you was going to put on for me <laughs> um, oh well yeah <laughs> yeah so in the limited division i shot 72 and i came in 11 out of 23 and um i gave up a lot of points because i had five uh, mics for the day and at the same time i was trying to work on something different and that might have been the reason why because i was working on something but honestly i don't know but performance i did what i did i'm not sad or upset about it but i think now going into it i'm going for the gusto and push myself and do it hard well it's uh from
1: the matches that i've shot in, in south carolina spartanburg has some of the you know the the stiffest competition there there's some some good shooters that show up pretty regularly
0: yeah. Um, now, at first, when I first started going to Spartanburg, I was kind of intimidated. And I don't know if I ever told you this beforehand, but that was like the first time I got on the squad and I was the only limited shooter on the squad. Everybody was else was either carry optics or open. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm trying to run and keep up with them. And I'm all these mics and deltas. i like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, you know how that
1: goes. Yeah, it can yeah. There's a lot of open shooters there, which I enjoy shooting with those guys. I enjoy shooting with everyone, but it's it's nice to have some
0: some open shooters to stage um, stage playing with. Yeah, and that's my whole thing is is um normally when I look to get on a squad, I try to look to get on a squad that has more limited shooters. Um, but an open shooter is what i would like to talk with and see how they do stuff because then i can either compare my plan to them or base my plan off of them you know and i found that helps out a lot especially if that um open shooter is very experienced and it's you know they're
1: similar enough to where you can do that Um, you just have to know your limitations with iron sights um with a, a open division plan you know, I typically take some some longer shots on the move that you may not want to do with iron sights, but capacity, you know, is similar enough. And, and you know, both major power factor, you know, you can you can do that for sure. You can get away right. with with similar plans, similar stage plans.
0: Yeah, no, That's true. All right. So moving on from the competition from last week, because uh, this week we have mid-Carolina. Are you going to shoot mid-Carolina?
1: I am. Yeah, my son's coming with me too. He's going to shoot uh PCC.
0: Nice, nice. So he he's going to have a lot of fun with that one. Because from what I understand, Mid Carolina has stepped their game up far as on the competition level. I don't really know, but I can honestly say every time I went to a match at Mid Carolina, I've always had fun. Um.
1: Yeah. But I. They're usually always a good. Good match. Um, they've had a couple um match director changes, you know, recently over the last year or so. But um, they've 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 stepped it up a little bit, I think, too. And um, I always have a good time there.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. And um, and like I said, I'm already started my mental prep. I started it on um, Sunday <laughs> um to get ready for Saturday. So uh, what's your mental prep? How is it working? Uh, it's, it's going pretty good. Um, of course, you know, I'm focusing more on the dry fire aspect of things, of what I want to do. Um, of course, we don't know what the stages are until, what, Thursday before the match. And at the same time, it's something I've always done, like since high school, is I visualize what I want to have take place. So part of my visualization is um, me wanting to get move fast on my feet And then at the same time, um, when I draw fire, I get the gun out the holster fast. But when I'm at a match, I slow it down because, like I said beforehand, all the DQs I had were all out of the holster. And I'm scared that if I try to go too fast, like I draw fire, you know, I'm going to get DQ'd again.
1: So you, you have your new grip now and you have a stiffer sear spring which puts a little more tension on your trigger. How has that been going? Is it is it feel different? Uh,
0: you you want to know shoulders, bicep, or wrist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, it, am, it adds some weight for sure. Yes, I'm getting a serious workout with this, <laughs> this new grip. And I did not think that that grip would make that big of a difference. But I'm loving it. I'm not complaining, but – at the same time, I'm still in the wow factor of it. <laughs> you know, um, I love it because when I grab it, like the other grip, that um, the plastic polymer type grip that comes yeah. um that we put on it, the extra large one, um, I won't say it felt like it gives, but it was narrow, more like narrow compared to the steel grip. And the steel grip, it feels like natural, more natural in my hand.
1: I really like that grip. That's the uh that's the Chile Custom Gunworks E2. Mm-hmm. And um I've I've enjoyed I've shot those for a couple of years now. Um, they fit my hands well. I know there are several out there now, uh, you know metal grips, but I've
0: definitely been happy with that one. Yeah, well Saturday's gonna be the test. Nice. <laughs> and I'm gonna try my best to run it hard and see what improvements and like i said beforehand i'm giving myself a couple weeks i'm not giving myself one day to say oh this is the gift and the the almighty answer to everything with shooting um as we stated beforehand we have to get used to new products that we bring into the sport so i'm i'm giving myself about 2 or 3 weeks to get comfortable because now i really have to learn the gun over again
1: sure yeah i mean that that changes the gun drastically it may take longer than two or three weeks um it's a, it's a big difference the timing of the gun is going to be different your your sight tracking is going to be different mm-hmm. I, I think you'll enjoy it once you learn it um you'll you'll see the benefit from it
0: well i can say that um honestly since i got it back from you I have been sleeping with it every night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was sleeping with it when I first got it, and I slept with it for about the first four months. And then I stopped and put it back in the safe like I normally do with the rest Aww. of the Why you neglecting your gun? No, because of, um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to get the other guns jealous.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I got
0: you. <laughs> so you had to mingle with the rest of the gun family. I understand. They will get jealous. Yeah, so now that that um, new grip is on it, he's, you know, I call it Big Sexy. So Mm -hmm. Big Sexy is now sleeping with me again. Temperate snuggles. Yes, that's what it is. (laughs) Wake up in the morning, just grab it and be like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So um, I want to talk about powder. Okay, so you get your powder locally, and I order my powder off the – you know, internet. Mm-hmm. Um, So I get sport pistol and for whatever was going on for the month of January, I don't know how long it's been going on, but I was looking every since my birthday for some powder. And I was starting to get scared because I was down to my last two pounds. And literally every other day I'm online looking and looking and nobody had it in stock. Is that like a normal trend with powder? Whereas <laughs> I, I've
1: heard that actually recently from a couple other people too. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think it happens occasionally, but I don't know really
0: what causes that. Man, yeah, I was I, I got so desperate. I called Sport Pistol and asked them, "Did they stop making the powder? And <laughs> what's the holdup?" and the representative, you know, he responded back with, um, you know, it's still going out. Distributors are still, you know, ordering it. So he doesn't understand why. And I was like, okay, but you know, everybody who I normally would order from, nobody had it. And then the few people that did have it, their hazmat fee was ridiculous. You know?
1: Oh yeah. I don't I don't understand that sometimes. I mean, um, graph sons i used to use um occasionally and they have uh, pretty decent hazmat fees i think it was like ten dollars fifteen dollars something like that and some other guys you'll look at like 35 40 dollar hazmat fee and that's uh, yeah i mean that's yeah. like ha- half the price of the powder you're getting
0: exactly um whatever company it was new orleans or mississippi theirs was like thirty seven dollars and I was like wow no that's too much <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but so I don't said, know yeah but when you said ten to fifteen dollars that's the lowest I've ever heard right before that the lowest I heard was 1995 like 20 bucks yeah most
1: typically I think most people will charge you like twenty dollars or so but um check out Graph and Sons if um I, I don't know if they carry that the powder you use or not but um I did shoot uh, Accurate Powder for a while, and and that's where I got mine, and it was $10 hazmat fee, and and it was a little bit of a shipping fee too. So it, it probably, hazmat and shipping
0: probably were still
1: like $20 together.
0: You know, another thing that gets me about powder, with the number of competition shooters in this area, both hobby and people who take it seriously, who actually reload I am surprised a lot of firearm stores don't carry certain brands of powder you know like when I walk into Sportsman's Warehouse or Palmetto State Armory I think I've seen Vita Vore one time in Palmetto State Armory and everything else was like the tight group and the Hodgson yeah but I never seen, like, Sport Pistol on the shelf. I never seen Vita Vori on the shelf except for that one time in um, Palmetto State Armory. But I would think there would be more demand of what people really want.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know our sport, um, USPSA, has grown membership-wise by 10,000 or so over the last – 2 or 3 years. Right. And uh Steel Challenge uh, Shooting Association, I think. Is that what it is? SC SA something like that. Anyway, they they've grown tremendously over the last couple of years. I, I know there's there's a lot more people reloading for competition just you in, in our you know sports um over the last couple of years. I, d- I don't know. There's so many powders out there though that are so similar. I I don't know how you decide what you would stock in your store um and what you wouldn't i don't know that would be a tough one
0: well i can honestly say the only reason i use sport pistol a couple people that we shoot with use vita and i was going to go that route and i always compare before making a decision and everything i read about vita was similar to sport pistol Mm-hmm. And there's only like a slight difference between the two. But I decided to go with sport pistol and I compared it to a load I had with Vita Vore. And I really couldn't tell a difference other than a slight smell. But performance wise where I was aiming. I was hitting where I was aiming. There was no off. Like I aimed for the middle and went low, right? It was where I looked. That's where it hit, you know?
1: So, so, I mean, if you get a powder that has a similar burn rate, regardless of the manufacturer, it's going to, it should feel about the same. But I do remember when I was shooting uh, carry optics, I used tight group. And I, <clears throat> I still, it's probably, man, it's been over two years since I shot carry optics, but I still remember uh, the first couple shots of a major match smelling that powder. Mm-hmm. And it's just bringing a smile to my face, man. It's, <laughs> it was a, uh, I don't know. It was a great feeling and, and smell powder. Smell makes a difference.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the one thing is when I'm shooting, I don't smell the powder unless I'm like, okay, I did good on the stage. But if I shot whatever and I'm all into it, I don't pay attention to anything else. But then when somebody else shoots, that's the first thing I notice. Yeah. That's kind of a silly thing, but I don't know. I got you. So let me ask you about what is your take on mental prep? Because I feel I am very big on mental prep. Um, I t- yeah yeah.
1: I mean, I take it pretty seriously myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I the the last match we just shot at Spartanburg was the first match I think that I've ever shot where I did not walk stages beforehand and try to you know mentally prepare stage plans beforehand and and I didn't do it on purpose I got there um, a little bit late um, and I had some some guns I'd been working on to get to people and you know getting my gear ready I just I didn't have time to walk the stages before we started shooting. And I, I felt really uncomfortable.
0: Um,
1: I, I a lot of the major matches that I go shoot, I'll I try to get there a day early, on purpose to spend you know a good portion of that day, walking stages and just seeing seeing what's required and preparing mentally and you know getting a stage plan, and it just it, it gives me uh just a, some a comfort level you know the next day going into the match i feel you know a lot more mentally prepared um the nerves are, aren't really there as much you know with with good mental preparation right. for me anyway you know so yeah first stage sometimes you still get the the jitters which uh, i don't know that's kind of fun though that's that's kind of why we do it i guess
0: Yeah, the first stage for me is always uh, the nervous stage. After I shoot it, I'm like, okay, I'm good now. (laughs) Always the first stage, you know. But for me, when I go to a match, I do like to get to a match at least an hour to an hour and a half early. Mm -hmm. But I like to walk a stage so I can come up with a plan and have it in place what I want to do. And then by the time I get there on the stage and it's time for the squad to shoot if I want to make a change I will make a slight change nothing drastic because once I come up with the plan and I say this is what I'm going to do that's what I stick with regardless if something comes up better or not because I've already drilled that into memory
1: yeah most of the time that's that's probably the best plan best way to go unless it's something you see that you know like drastically different like it Right. You come up with where you, a plan where you can skip a whole position or or something like that. Um if you've already got a plan set in stone even if it's not the best plan in the world, it's something that you're going to remember and as long as you execute it, you know, correctly, you're you're going to be in good shape.
0: Yeah, and well, anybody who makes a plan, a stage plan, I think obviously you try to make it as fast as you can as far as your movements with consistency with flow. But at the same time, it should, you know, feed off of your strengths as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I like to shoot on the move a lot. And I, I get, man, I guess that's one of my strengths. I, I just, I enjoy doing it, you know, so I, I do it a lot. But um, that's kind of, part you know, part of open division too. Um, I try to never stop moving. So I end up shooting on the move a lot. And I'm sure a lot of people are not comfortable with that. So following my stage plans, if you're not comfortable shooting on the move would probably not be a good idea. You know, you would you would probably want to try something a little different.
0: It takes a lot of practice to do that. And and I can say that from experience. Oh, yeah, definitely. Certain stages, I feel I can do it. Other stages, that uh, a little bit more technical, uh, slow it down or stop and then sprint again you know but it all depends on like we say beforehand that level of performance for you sure yeah you have to know yeah
1: i mean you have to know your gun you have to know uh you know your your sight presentation and, and what you need to do at different distances uh, it is more difficult with iron sights to shoot on the move you know at, at, at further distances for for sure but you know, that's All why right, I use so. a red dot.
0: <laughs> now, <I'm, laughs> now, you know, I, I just love iron sight, so I'm just going to stick with it. <laughs> <for> now. <laughs> um, now I want to hit up two more topics. And um, this next one is exercise. Okay. Now, how do you feel about exercise, regardless if it's whatever you do at the gym? So like my exercise routine is I'll go to a spin class, which is riding a bike and do that two times a week. But the other three days, I will go to jujitsu. Yeah, you know. So for me, exercise is just something that helps keep my mind clear. It's not so much how my body looks, or because of course, if you exercise, you're going to feel good.
2: You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: definitely. So I have tried to make it a, a goal for this year. I'm I'm not one for like the New Year's resolution things or whatever, but I do want to drop a little bit of weight personally Mm. just for myself i I want to try to um pick up a little more speed with my shooting and movement and um exercise just in in general is you know it's a good thing in you know health wise but for shooting you know the 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 better shape you are the faster you can move through courses i know there's a lot of guys that can you know, still manage manage a stage plan efficiently and, and still score real well, even though their movement isn't, uh, you know, super fast. But it was just something that, that I wanted to do this year for myself and to hopefully help pick up, you know, some, some extra speed in my stages. Um, exercise anything, really, exercising movement-wise. Um, I've been jogging and running. Um, but biking, you know, whatever you're, you're burning calories. You're gonna, you're gonna feel better about it.
0: Yeah, and that was another conversation I had like a couple of weeks ago about the exercise. And you know, my thing is, um, my goal is to get, you know, a class by the end of the year. I can't predict the future. I can't say when I'm actually going to make it. But I feel that in order for me to make that goal. I have to be in a condition level, whereas I feel my optimal performance is gonna be the best. And I know I have to be in shape because of military experience, whereas my physical fitness was determined on a couple of things that I've done. So like when I won the boat division for the 2014 United States Army Long Range Competition, i was in excellent shape at that time frame because i was actually preparing for a cage fight
1: you know so you felt good about yourself even if your physical shape didn't actually help you shoot a bolt gun right it made you where you felt good about yourself and
0: the self-image
1: yeah maybe you know
0: yeah that's but I always, important believe, yeah, I always believe that if you're in good shape, regardless if you don't look it, but you do work out all the time and you're in good shape, I believe that gives you a, a clearer path of making better decisions under stress, you know? Oh, I'm
1: sure it does. I'm sure it does. You put your body through stress during your, your exercises. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you show up to the match and you're... Some of the stages that I've seen lately they were there's a lot of movement. Um they're incorporating in the stages now. Mm-hmm. And uh I get winded at the end of some of them. <laughs> so you gotta be you need to need to
0: run, you need to be in decent shape. Yeah, I agree with that one. So now here's the last topic I want to talk to you about before we go ahead and, and let the sponsors take it over in the show before okay. the next segment is CZ is coming out with a new competition gun. They have a new line of guns that came out, but I just want to focus on their new competition gun, which is that CZ DWX, the Dan Wesson one that looks like the TSO, but is red handle.
1: Yeah, I've got it pulled up on my screen right now. I've been staring at it this whole
0: time. Yeah, so (laughs) I've I've been looking at that for about a week now. And the only reason is, there's a lot of hype around it. And, of course, like you had already expressed to me that it's two guns made into one. So from what you saw and what you read, from your expertise, what is your thoughts and, you know, your mojo of this gun? <laughs> well,
1: I I have a... Uh... I like CZs. I started shooting a uh, production division with a CZ 75. Um, it was nothing fancy at all. I had some, you know, trigger work done to it, but I enjoy those guns, but I don't really like the trigger so much when you compare it to like a 1911 or 2011. Right. You can't, you can't beat a trigger on that gun. 1911 is, is the best trigger and it it blows my mind because that thing was developed a hundred years ago, and it still has the best trigger of any pistol out there. But this this kind of there's some ergonomics that the CZ has always had that the 1911, 2011s you know don't really have, and it fits some people's hands a little better. Um, so that's kind of interesting to me. Um, the ergonomics I think people will like. Or some, some people. I don't have a problem with 2011 grips. They're bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my hands are, are bigger. I don't have a problem with it at all. I enjoy the 2011 grips just fine. I think it will – I think it's got a place. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a game changer gun or anything. I th- think these these two guns, the 1911 and, and the base CZ-75 platform have been around forever. So it's nothing really new, mm-hmm. but no one has ever like combined the two together like this. Um, it's interesting because of that, but I don't know that it's it's gonna be a huge hit. Um, I don't know. I hope it is for for CZ and Dan Weston, but
0: yeah. Uh, From I what know. I gather, is there's a large cult like following, like it is with Glock, with the CZs. There yeah, there is. Yeah, and I've only shot a CZ one time, but I've dry fired two of them. And off the dry fire, the trigger is very crisp and clean. And when I fired it, I was actually surprised at the performance of the gun. You know, but when I fired it that one time, it was literally like I pulled the trigger twice. That was it. So one thing I do like
1: about the, I don't know about this, the, the DWX, but the, the CZs that, that I ran were um, the slide was actually lowered and had a full length contact with the frame, which I thought was kind of cool. On your 1911s and 2011s, you know, you have the two, two frame rails up front and then two frame rails in the back. Right. But the, 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 normal cz platform there's a frame rail all the way down the whole length of the gun which which i found you know that's kind of neat and i don't know if this was designed like that or not i can't tell by the by the pictures
0: Hmm. yeah i'm I'm curious about it so here in a couple weeks i plan on touching one but i have a lot of questions about it only because of the hype and conversation that was coming around it
1: It's different. It's something different, but but it's not. It's (laughs) like the top end of the gun is not different and the bottom end of the gun is not different, but having both of those combined is different. So it's interesting. It's an interesting gun for sure. Um people will buy it for a little while. I just I don't know that it's gonna change the face of limited division. Yeah.
0: Well, my thing is is like I said, it's pretty much new to me and when my curiosity mind starts working i need to find the answer so that's the reason why i'm doing more research on it because i really don't know and i would like to know
1: you know i think it'll be a, it'll be a great gun i don't think there would be anything wrong with it at all the trigger i'm sure will be great i love the 2011 triggers right um the slide itself looks like it's got a little bit more area, a little more purchase area, which is sometimes difficult with CZs because the slides are so low profile. I like to, um, you know, use the front slide serrations to to cock the gun for competition. And that was a little bit difficult occasionally with, with traditional CZs. This one's got more slide to grab a hold of. Uh, so that would help that. And it's it's interesting. I'd like to shoot one. I don't know if I'll buy one, but
0: I'd like to try one out for sure. Right. And that's the the same boat I'm in. Yeah. So also, I want to go ahead and remind everybody that we still have that big push for the GoFundMe campaign. We're a little bit over halfway or under halfway, but we need um, at least $2,000 more to reach the $4,000 goal. So if you can, find it in your hearts, reach in your pockets and visit. GoFundMe.com forward slash L-E-O training. Give what you can give. Everybody that donates will get recognized on social media. Those who give $50 or more will get a video thank you plastered over social media as well. But once again, please visit GoFundMe.com forward slash L-E-O training and stand by for a few words from our sponsors. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical.
3: Hey this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself.
4: Our solvent is, I think, second to none, our lube is second to none, their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing, people don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially can still carry.
2: The gun cleaners.
4: Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off, with ours it'll stay there.
2: The gun cleaners.
1: And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both
0: with the process that you have there
2: order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com
0: hello everyone this is michael woodland from m tactical.com and co-host of the black man with the gun podcast we are reaching out to ask everyone that is in earshot to help us raise money to put four law enforcement officers in jujitsu training for a year We are looking to raise the money two ways. First, if you live in the state of South Carolina and want to get your concealed weapons permit, the instructor fee will go towards the campaign. The second way is you can donate $50 to gofundme.com forward slash LEO training. The goal is to raise $4,000. Again, we are looking to get 80 people to help contribute $50 to put four law enforcement officers through jujitsu training for a year. This act will be presented in the name of the 2A community. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of Word on the Street. Word on the the Street. Sign up for your local USPSA matches. We encourage everyone to go out and do some training with your firearm and just get familiar with it and what you feel you need to work on to get better. For those of us who are in the competition, please share the information of your club or the shooting event in your area so we can share the message. This Saturday, if you're in the South Carolina area, registration is open for those who are interested in doing some USPSA action in the Augusta, Georgia area. Head on over to Practice Score and look up Pine Tucky, then sign up and have fun doing some shooting USPSA style. If you would like for me and the crew to come out and shoot a USPSA match with you, email us at info at m and let's plan it out. If you are interested and still on the fence for signing up for Battle at the Beach, there are still spots open for Friday p.m. available. There is talk about the monthly match that will take place in Tabor City, North Carolina this month. We'll have stages set up that will replicate stages for Battle at the Beach. Head on over to Practice Score and look up Low Country, USPSA, and registration is open now for their monthly match. Get in before all the spots are gone, then you have to wait till next year for Battle at the Beach. The following are current sponsors for Battle at the Beach. Red Hill Tactical, Red Stitch Targets, The Blue Bullets, Akai Custom Firearms, Hunter's HD Gold, who is sponsoring two stages, Outdoor Dynamics, Lucky Shot Firearms, Dunham Smithing, Law Offices of McLeod Ruffner, Premier Hearing Protection, Shooters Connection, Lead Star Arms, Safari Land, Springfield Armory, Competition Electronic, Hornady, Mad Marlin Guns. Lock grip, Techwear, the official jersey supplier. Steel target paint, the official paint supplier. Mark Prickett target stands, and Midway USA, with more being added. Visit www.lowcountryuspsa.com for more information. We are at the halfway mark for meeting the goal of putting some law enforcement officers into jujitsu. The goal is $4,000, and we are asking everyone in earshot to help us meet this goal by 1 March. Visit gofundme.com forward slash LEO training, and when you donate, there will be an acknowledgement on social media thanking you for your contribution. Please share and help us get to the $4,000 goal, but understand we are halfway there now visit gofundme.com forward slash Training. Kevin Dixie is hosting his second annual Teach and Learn event. It's a three-day event taking place on Memorial Day weekend, 22 through 24 May in Leadington, Missouri, for those who are looking to become involved in the shooting industry in some way. For those interested, you can sign up by going to eventbrite.com and searching N O C second annual train and learn event.
2: The Gun Cleaners.
4: Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if with still carry.
2: The Gun Cleaners.
4: Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, you're gonna sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there.
2: The Gun Cleaners.
1: And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there.
2: Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com.
3: Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunters HD Go. If you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So. Check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon.
0: What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store, and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. This week, we're going to have a discussion with Rob Teague, a seasoned shooter who is enjoying life. For those of you who are familiar with his name, yes, it is the same person who has a YouTube channel called Pops Quest. Check out this conversation with Rob. So, all right, good people, I want to welcome everyone back to the M-W Tactical Podcast, and today I have my friend, my buddy, who I shoot with practically every weekend, who goes by the name of Rob T. If you follow him on YouTube, he goes by the title of Pops Quest, so I would encourage everyone to check it out and hear what he has to say, because this channel is very unique. So, without further ado, I want to introduce everyone to my friend Rob. How's it going for you, Rob?
4: Uh, it's going great. I'm enjoying my Sunday afternoon, but uh, Saturdays are shooting. I try to shoot a match every weekend, just like you. <laughs> hey, that's
0: it right there, like I said, that's exactly what I do. Because if something's canceled, the first thing I do is I get on the net and hey, anybody know anything that's open <laughs> where it's not raining or canceled or something like that? Yep. All right, so. Let me ask you this one, right? Taking it off kilter for a little bit. Cause right now I'm doing house projects around the house because it's the winter time and it's gonna push me into the spring. Now, your channel is almost set up like my projects around my house, whereas you don't talk specifically about one topic. You just kind of go your own direction. You want to go a little bit more detail about that?
4: Yeah, and 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 it's uh I'll, I'll say I'm vague on purpose. Uh, Pops Quest, like if you were to literally look at my YouTube channel um, and the name, it's like, it's not uh, Rob Shoots USBSA. I mean, one of the things about starting, let's just say we were going to start a business, which a lot of people, when they start their YouTube channel, they treat it as a business. So mm-hmm. in the business title, in the title of your business, it needs to state, Something unique, your name, and what you do. Like that's like, and you need to do it in the shortest amount of. And, I, and I'm I'm in the cabinet business, and I started my business 31 years ago, and I'm I'm fairly successful, and uh, and I've gone through all the growing pains and all that, so I kind of understand the the whole logic and the idea behind that. Uh, so to be vague on a YouTube channel name means that you're not going to attract a particular group of people. You're only going to attract the type of people that maybe might be along for the quest, as, as I like to say. But I'm a cabinet maker by trade uh, and actually not by trade. Uh, I started my cabinet business as an accident uh, 31 years ago when I needed a job. And I love to uh, do, you know, woodworking and, um, you know, building furniture as a hobby. And it turned into a business and then making the business was was the really hard part. I it took 10 to 15 years of my life really just kind of disappeared uh, from my friends, my hobbies, uh, my life to really dedicate myself to building it and making it something successful. The definition uh, of a successful business that I've heard a lot of people say that I agree with is is a business that runs when you're not there. Right. That is a that is a hard thing to do, especially in manufacturing, which is basically what I'm doing. So um, and I know I'm probably getting a little bit off topic, but uh, getting back to the YouTube thing. I didn't build my YouTube channel like a business because I already had a business. I already had a full-time thing. I didn't really want another business. I didn't want something. I, I make my money where I make my money and I make my fun where I make my fun. When you mix the two, sometimes you don't have fun or money and that's really an issue. So pops quest channel is about the never ending quest and it's always something different. Although, uh, cause I've, I've, I, you know, as far from, building my business, uh, running long distance. I ran marathons back in the day. I road raced motorcycles. I've I've done Daytona. I've wrecked. I've almost died. I've done all kinds of crazy shit. And now racing guns is kind of like where I live. But the beautiful thing about that is I'm 51 years old and I really feel like I can do that forever. You know, mm-hmm. until the good Lord says, hey man, you're done. You know, you're you, it's over. But uh, so I feel like I've latched on to the final quest, you know, like to be the best, uh, pistol shooter or the best what I can be in shooting USPSA and, and, I, and I'm just loving it. I, 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 and so my mission statement, when I made a mission statement video years ago about my YouTube channel was to get as many people involved in the shooting sports as sports as, as possible, showing my love and, and appreciation and passion to, to that. So um, hopefully I didn't go off the rails there, but you get oh. a good idea what, what, what my channel's all about, I guess, you know, hopefully. Yeah.
0: Well, like I said, that definition right there, it clearly defines your character and your personality for people who don't get that opportunity to talk to you every week. Like I do. You know, so, I mean, that's a perfect answer if you ask me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So now let me ask you this. Now, we both have a deep love for shooting USPSA, right? Now, of course, I've only done production and limited in USPSA, but my love is strictly limited. What interests you about shooting USPSA?
4: Well, OK, so what first I'll take it right back to day one
0: mm-hmm.
4: and do you, uh, let me throw the question back to you real quick and then I'll take it back. But do you remember your first match? Yes. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing about a new passion or a passion that you have of something. You never forget like that first moment that you got sucked in or that you fell in love with uh, something or a, a new craft or a new endeavor or a new quest in my in my in my terminology, but um, the the one thing I love about USPSA is uh, and and okay, let me just start over. There's no one thing, but the main thing is what what brings you in is your love for guns and shooting and being able to do something that you can't do anywhere else. You cannot do what you and I do. Anywhere. You can't show up on a Saturday morning, (laughs) pay 20 bucks and shoot six awesome stages and Mm. and hang out with the best people on planet Earth. So anyone who doesn't understand that but never does it will never understand that. So uh, my my love of, of, of USPSA is just the fact that it's literally the The most fun you can have with your guns, if you're into shooting a lot, the competition aspect of it, I think, sometimes deters people that might get nervous or scared of of competing. But to anyone that I've ever known that gets over that, falls deeply in love with it, and then and then the camaraderie. Like I wouldn't know you otherwise, right? right? It's a fair statement, right? Or you're what you're. your significant other or any, a lot of other people, uh, out there. Uh, most of my best friends now I know through USPSA and I think that pretty much says it all. Right. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. It's it's like you said, it's, um, a family gathering in a sense. That's the easiest way to put it, you know? When everybody Absolutely. meets at grandma's house for Sunday dinner—that's <laughs> one yes. way to put it.
4: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, th- we—you w- know—we just kind of skimmed the surface there, but there's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you really, really, you—you you can you can come to a match and enjoy it, and you can hang out and shoot and do whatever you want to do, or you can take it to the next level, and 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 the people that you get to know are all all. Um, there's skill levels, right? Mm, right. There, you're always amongst people that can make you better. Mm-hmm. You're always amongst people that you can are like minded, like skills that you can hang out with and, and bang back and forth, like me and John do. Right. Or there's people that you can help. Mm-hmm. I just, it just doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better.
0: I remember it was one match we was at, and somebody who was shooting on the squad, I knew the person, but I really didn't know them. I just knew of them. And me and you was talking and they was like, man, that guy's talking to you like, like he's your father. Like, why is that? And I was like, no, man, his passion is seeing everybody do their best in the sport. And he knows what my capability is. And he's just expressing his love for the sport in the best way he knows how, which is telling you what you need to do to push you to be better um now to let you know if you remember this it was the match whereas whenever we shot it you had told me go for the head shot and it was stage 6 at mid carolina and yep. i can't remember how many months ago it was and you was like i made that mistake but hey do it go for the head shot don't go for the body <laughs> if you remember that conversation yeah
4: i remember yeah. it like it was yesterday absolutely yeah
0: so that that was that match right there and um And, you know, I had to tell that person it was mainly everybody who talks to you, even if they're upset or whatever, they're talking to you from a place whereas they want to see you do better. You know, and I've been shooting with everybody who I shot with at this point for over six months. So everybody sees the growth and development and it's just. Pure love to watch you blossom into who you're about to be. Blossom into as far as the sport of shooting. <laughs> yeah,
4: I think I, I think uh, anyone who uh, doesn't understand how uh, shooters, you know, competitors talk to one another, mm-hmm. maybe just hasn't been doing it long enough. Right. But I could I could literally come up to you and, and and sound like I'm being really uh difficult or hard ass, but mm. from from the point of gathering information, you're going to, you might, and and it's happened to me too. I've had people after they did a huge mistake on stage, like my buddy Joe George, he's Mm -hmm. an M class shooter in Atlanta. And I love it when I get to squad with him and I met him through YouTube and I met him through going to a Ben Stager class. He will tell me straight up, Rob, you know, don't do this. Don't blah, blah, blah. Or you don't, you know, he'll he's, he's hardcore on that, but he's better than me. Right. So I appreciate that. There's a there's a there's a part of like if you took a person off the street and walked them into the middle of the match, they would be like, what are y'all doing here? I mean, they just wouldn't get it. But right. from competitor to competitor, we totally get it, you know, right. and and, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes that's that's, you know, sometimes I feel like we should take more time to explain things or to be more dynamic about how we talk to you know people in general but uh, so people when, in some of my videos people are still asking me what's a mic i'm like
2: it's,
4: <laughs> it's a miss, it's a miss." you know like so i don't always understand the fact that people don't understand you know and yeah. uh, and uh, you and i take it for granted so
0: right yeah that's what it is so you, you know how that goes sometimes <laughs> but it's just we just gotta roll roll through it you
4: know yeah all
0: right so now i've always oh before I go forward with it, to answer your question, yes, I remember my first match. Um, my first competition match, USPSA, was back when I was stationed at Fort Benning. I was taking a Homeland Security course, and the instructor wanted us to see that we wasn't as good as shooters as we are. And um, to sum it up, and the audience heard this time and time again, but there was a lady who blew us all out the water who was like 53 years old. And I'm like, <laughs> what, 30-something at the time? And I got this thing when somebody beats me at something, I refuse to let it happen. So therefore that's why my drive and love is where it is right now. That's cool.
4: That's <laughs> a good story. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and like, I'll tell you about it the next time we, um, well, okay. We I face-to-face. got a follow up
4: question for you though. Did, <laughs> okay. Did they pay for your ammo to go to that match? Yes. Yeah. There
1: you go. That's yeah.
0: awesome. So like they, they took care of the entry fee, the ammo, and the only thing we had to bring was equipment. And they told us what all to bring. So I just pretty much had on um, my military gear. I just broke down my vest and just yeah. had the belt. And, um, That's awesome. I and know a lot of law enforcement.
4: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on you. No, but no, you you good. good. Cool. A, lot, a lot of law enforcement show up mm-hmm. uh, to the matches. They get the match fee. They use uh, duty ammo. They use their duty rig. And a lot of people don't realize that. If you're law enforcement, a lot of times it's you, your – um, you know, your administration will pay for your match fees, and your ammo to have you go shoot a match because they include that as a uh, part of their training uh, budget.
0: Correct. Yeah. And um, the best part about that is also like, if you sit down and you look and talk to officers, they don't have like a lot of times, like I know I was talking to somebody around here and they were saying they give you like a box of 50 rounds and that's your training for the year. <laughs> and I was like, "So why don't you just go to like sign up for a class or competition to get the repetition in? Because your department will pay for that. Also, it's just a matter of wording it on the request, you know. And then, um, they like, oh, I never thought about that. <laughs>
4: yeah, no, you could totally. I, you could, I, I could totally see how you could work that a little bit better.
0: All right, so now moving forward, um, why the division? You shoot now.
4: Um okay well uh, so it's been two and a half years of me shooting and it's and it's going to be going on it's actually closer to three years than two and a half um i got in shooting limited because i did a lot of research that i wanted to round count Mm -hmm. and i wanted a pistol that i could shoot you know easily shoot so i started shooting with the glock 17 because i had it and i had a holster and um Limited just seemed like the best place to learn the sport. And, and I'll tell people to this day, don't start in production. Don't start in, you know, revolver unless you're like a revolver shooter or something. And don't start in single stack. Start in something where you have plenty of rounds and all you have to worry about is like moving through the stage and shooting because you just do one mag change. And then that appealed to me. So I, I, I latched on to Limited. And then I started shooting limited major when I got better to take advantage of the scoring. So I spent two and a half, basically more years in in limited uh, shooting, which I love. I still love limited shooting. I think that's really like the core of, I don't know, kind of like the sport. I might irritate some people by saying that, but. Um, my eyesight started to get a little worse and a little worse and a little worse. And, and I, and I found that I could just use like 1.0 glasses and then kind of, you know, see my sights better and, you know, deteriorate a little more. And then I got to where I had to start using 2.0s and then putting a little bit of tape over my, you know, my non-dominant eye. And it just got to be a freaking hassle. And I'm like, dot curious. Like, okay, so Shooting open or carry optics, I don't really want to shoot a rifle Mm. in USPSA because I just don't don't think that's USPSA, not to come down on people that shoot those. I want to shoot a pistol. So my eyesight determined the fact that you're going to have more fun shooting this um, if you shoot a dot. Well, I like heavy guns. I like high capacity. I like major scoring. And that just immediately says open. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I still really, really, really struggled shooting a red dot on a pistol. You know, when you pick up a pistol with a red dot and you're used to shooting iron sights and they're right there, the first thing you realize with a red dot is I don't know where the dot is. You know, it's an incredibly uh, difficult thing. But once you get used to dealing with that or you learn to index better, the dot makes it easier to shoot, which makes it better for you to enjoy the sport. Right. So that's where I'm at now. I'm only going to shoot open and carry optics this year. All of the limited guns and all the limited stuff is behind me. Uh, and I really think that eventually open, I I, I, I think, I don't know. I think I'll carry, carry optics is a beautiful thing if you love shooting a dot. Because it's, it's inexpensive. You go down to a gun, you, you know, you, you know how it is ordering a 2011 pistol. You can wait for three months. If, if you have service issues, blah, blah, blah. But carry optics is awesome because you got high capacity. You got a dot, you got some, a gun, you can go down to store and buy, you can put a dot on it you go shoot in a match this weekend. And so I, I want to shoot carry optics for the simplicity and the ability to just shoot forever. Mm-hmm. But I love open for the major scoring, and just because, I mean, you RO'd me it on stage six this past weekend, and you had to run to keep up with me. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. I, like,
4: I, like, I like the speed. I love the speed. So um, it was – I just – I think open is so much fun. Carry optics is, is universally amazing for people that want to shoot a dot, and that's kind of where I'm at.
0: I'm scared of open division and (laughs) the reason I'm scared of open division is I will do it like it too much. And then I'll be just like you. I'm in it for the remainder of the time, (laughs) but you know, I'm still trying to conquer limited, so I, well, yeah,
4: well, how are your eyes?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Um, Of course, you know, I'm, I'm farsighted, whereas I need glasses to see far. Like so, if I'm driving, you know, see a sign coming at me, I gotta wait till I get a little bit closer before I can read it if I'm not familiar with it. But um, outside of that, or shooting, you know, because I'm focusing on the front sight post and just putting the dot on the target on uh, my front sight on the dot on the target, I'm good with that all day. So
4: yeah. when you look at a target, let's say 20 yards downrange, let's say you're looking at a uh, a popper, not not, okay. not not even a small popper, a big popper. 20 mm-hmm. yards, a big popper, is it blurry or is it straight? Is it tight? It's tight. Okay. Yeah. You're, good. You're good. So yeah. the biggest issue is when, when it comes to vision, and, and, and this is just me, this is just the way I feel, this is the way I believe, this is my philosophy, you should always look at the target. You should never, ever, ever look at your sights at all, but you, the the your brain should be able to acknowledge and process that the sights are ready to pull the trigger. So imagine someone like me that needs that, that, that you know needs readers, right? Mm-hmm. So if without the readers, you you're you're looking at the you're looking downrange and the site then the, the, the target is beautiful, perfect, crisp, clear. The sights are blurry. Now when the sights are blurry, you know, the light windows on the left and the right. Maybe the post is up and down a little. You don't know. You pull the trigger, it's frustrating, right? Mm. You don't hit the target. You don't hit the target. So now, so then you put on these 2.0 readers and you put put the gun out there and now the sights are clear, but you have to ignore them. To shoot, mm. the, to shoot the sport correctly, you need to look at the target. So now I'm looking at the target, but I have readers on. So what does that do to the target? makes the target makes blurry. It blurry. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine struggling with that. So now you're the target's blurry. So what happens if you have a brown uh, a, a target with a no shoot and now you need to call your shots because you, you you can't see the target. You don't know if you popped a no shoot.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So now you need but the only thing you can see is your sights but you're not supposed to be looking at them.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> okay.
4: So so now you have to acknowledge your you have to you have to be on target. And I'll do like this. You have to be on target and you have to acknowledge your sights to call the shot because you can't see the target. And and start processing all that while you're trying to go 15 seconds on 32 shots. Right. Now put a dot in my face and tell me to go fast. Now what do you think I'm gonna like more?
0: <laughs> the dot because you're just dot 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um uh, just hearing different people's terminology and their way of processing is very interesting to me as well. You know. So now within the shooting, and we're gonna stay within the lines of South Carolina. So if you ever hear people talking hip hop, I try to word this question in the form of a hip-hop question. You know? Okay. You know, like how you always ask people, um uh, Who's your top five? And it can't be Biggie Niles or (laughs) Jay-Z. So what is your top five ranges in South Carolina and why?
4: Uh, My my first one is my personal range, which uh, obviously because I have full access to. So we'll just pretend that didn't happen. But number (laughs) number one would be it's got to be your local. So that's going to be PSA um, because I live in Charleston. And they, their ranges in Somerville. I'm not a member, but when I have to shoot there, it's the closest. I get to sleep in my own bed at night. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, my second favorite, and it, and there may be a trend here, so I apologize, but my second will be Mid Carolina because it's it's just as close almost. I mean, um, so I don't have to drive that far, and I still get to sleep in my own bed at night. Um, now, a, cl- a club I just joined uh because i uh, you know you only get to hang out with me when we shoot pistols but i'm into long range shooting too i'm into i've done rifle designated marksmanship matches i've done three gun matches i love long range i do reloading uh crazy reloading i love it uh so i just joined pantio uh which is uh just south of columbia um and they need members and they are upgrading the crap out of that club and it's 300 bucks a year and guys they have a 360 degree range uh bay they have five pistol bays with steel that stays set up um, they have 800 yard steel it's an amazing place for 300 bucks a year so that i would say that's number three if not number one <laughs> right um And now let's see. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, my two other favorites. I don't know if you asked for five or six. I can't remember. What did you say? Five or six? Five. Five. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this brings me to two. So it's going to be CSRA in Augusta, Mm -hmm. which, uh, and that's all because of the match director. David Lyle is the match director there. And, you know, you can tell when someone's passionate about the sports, it it reflects in, the stages in the setup in what, you know, they're out there all the time and stuff like that. And then I'll say low country um, as, as, as the next one or whatever, because it's the same thing. Mike Fritz, he's the match director there. And, you know, I don't shoot any of these ranges except Pantio and my own personal one, like on a regular basis. These are ranges that I go to shoot competition, just like you, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and it's, The the conditions of the range don't matter, they really don't, because USPSA says you gotta have eight foot berms and you gotta have this much space and you're good to go. And but at the end of the day, it comes down to the people. It comes down to what they're willing to do. It's the passion. And I didn't mention some ranges that are close by you, and maybe you know it's not. I'm not going to really get in. I don't want to make this negative, but there are some clubs that just it just the passion. You know, I, I know it has to be a business. But it's nice when you have a key individual that cares about the sport, that shoots the sport, that shoots with you, alongside you, shoulder to shoulder, that loves the sport, that's in there, you know, designing stages and doing that and whatnot, and um, and that's a beautiful
0: thing, and um, and I love it. Hey, that's it right there. So now, how can people contact you and/or follow you on social media in any way you want to be? I, um, you know what, I
4: really appreciate that. The only thing I do, I don't do Facebook, I don't do Instagram, I don't, I don't actually, I don't do any, um, you know, social media except for YouTube, and that's, uh, you know, Pop's Quest channel. So, uh, but I don't, I don't promote myself. I don't, um, I, I don't, I, I. I just, uh, it's, it's a tough thing for me. I don't monetize my videos. I don't make money on YouTube. Uh, I've been doing it for almost nine years. I've got a decent sized channel only because I've been doing it so long, but I, but I keep myself into a tight box. I make videos that I want to make for me. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah. And the other thing is is, um, when I first started watching your videos, I've heard you say like, yo, this is just my journey, and I just put it out however I feel and when I feel. And then I was reading some of the comments, and I was like, how long have you been watching the channel? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like somebody um, put a comment up, and it was in regards to you was doing a portion about your workouts, and it was like, oh, I thought this was a gun channel, and when does this become a, a workout channel? Uh, something like that, and I was just like, mm, okay, whatever." <laughs> yeah, know, it, it was pretty it,
4: funny. You know, but 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 uh, to defend the ignorance, a lot of people subscribe to your channel based mm. on one video they watched, and yeah. they think that your entire channel is about that, and uh, yeah. and but they have the option to leave. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, yeah, that's it right there. That's, that's what I always that, say.
4: I don't I have no ego and I have no I don't hang my hat on any subscriber count or anything like that. So it doesn't matter to me.
0: Yeah. So for everybody who's listening, I would ask everyone to go check out Pops Quest on YouTube. Check out the videos and tell them you heard about the videos from the M-W Tactical podcast and get a conversation going on some of the videos. (laughs) You're going to love them. You're going to love them. All right, Rob, um, anything going on for you in the next within the next year of shooting that you want to talk about? Uh, the biggest thing
4: is I want to double the major matches that I shot last year. I shot four major matches. I want to shoot at least eight major matches this year. Um, you know, to me, uh, I want to support the major matches. I want to support the clubs that are putting in the work to put on the major matches. Uh, you and I just became ROs. I want to become a CRO, just like you. Um, you know, everything that that I do on the next year is going to be to develop myself into a better USPSA shooter. I am shooting the three-gun Pro-Am this year, and I want to shoot a couple more three-guns. Uh, three-gun I do just for fun. But it it keeps my rifle skills up. That's an important thing for me. I do a lot of rifle stuff and a lot of rifle skill stuff that I don't share on YouTube. Um, But three guns where I kind of develop all that. And I want to do a couple DMR matches. But at the end of the day, everything that I do is all about competition shooting. It's really where my passion is.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. one. Competition is um, where I'm at in life as well. That's it right there. So, once again, I want to thank you for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And next time I see you on the range, hopefully we'll squad up again and the conversation continues.
4: (laughs) Yes, sir. I'll enjoy it. All right. Thanks again. Thank you.
0: Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you cannot wait for Tuesday, go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.